the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Adit. Kingdom Adit. Great to be with you tonight. We give God praise and we thank Him for the gift of life. Shall we bow down our heads even as we get into prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We bless you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before your presence. We don't take it for granted. We thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for your strength you have granted us. Thank you for a day like this in your presence. We ask the Lord in this service you minister to us, visit us, open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your Lord. Grant us understanding, illumination. Let no one watching this broadcast now or thereafter ever remain the same. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. All right. God richly bless you for being part of our service tonight. This night, in fact, this month, beginning from tonight, I'm going to be teaching on what I have captioned broadly, followers of God. Followers of God. Followers of God. That's going to be our central team that we are going to be addressing in the weeks ahead. And so I want to welcome you to join me on this journey of followers of God. The title of my teaching tonight is Are You a Follower or a Fan? It's in the form of a question. Are you a follower or a fan? We live in a generation where we have a lot of fans and followers on Facebook on YouTube, on Instagram. Recently, there was a gentleman uh, I never knew about, and I happened to have seen his, uh, I think, a news item about him on Facebook. And I realized that from the story he had been arrested, he was, he was actually uh, a Yahoo Yahoo boy, uh, Nigerian, and then he had actually duped a lot of people through uh, fraudulent means to huge sums of money and then he happened to be arrested in Dubai and then uh, the news was all over I think on Facebook and a few other networks so I chanced upon it and then I decided to read a few things and watch a few videos about him now I was told he had over 2 million following on Facebook but some of the people who have enjoyed his beauty, beauty with him at a point when the incident of his arrest came, some of them started unfriending him and following him and all kinds of things. And tonight, I just want to ask you, are you a follower or you are a fan? Come with me to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children 
and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us as an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. A sweet-smelling savor. I think the name of the gentleman I just narrated is Hush Poppy or Hush Poppy. I'm not too sure which one it is, but you can check up on him. Uh, so, we are looking at followers of God. Followers of God. And in this specific teaching and next week teaching, we are looking at, are you a follower or fan? Are you a fan or a follower? Are you a fan or a follower? You can type it into the, net, uh, into the uh, comment box. Are you a follower or a fan? And choose which one you think you are. If you are a fan, you can take a, a comment, I'm a fan. If you are a follower, you can also state it. But be careful that you understand what each of them means before you go ahead and do that. So the Bible said, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. So this is almost like a command from the, from the Holy Spirit to be followers. We are called to be followers of God as dear children. When you look at the ministry of Jesus closely, you realize that there were two categories of people the ministry of Jesus attracted. Jesus' ministry attracted two major groups of people. The first group of people that the ministry of Jesus attracted were disciples. They were disciples. These were people who were close to him. These were people he spoke to intimately. These were people he moved up and down with. These were people who went everywhere with him. And these were the first group of people. And then the second categories of people were the multitudes. And we have some scriptural references to show. In fact, in most scriptural references in the Gospels in particular, everywhere the, the disciples are, most times when the multitudes are referred to, the disciples are also referred to on the other hand. We can see that in Matthew chapter 14 verse 22. The Bible said, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to go into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So we see one instruction coming in for the disciples while the opposite instruction is also being issued unto the multitudes. And that is how it's like in most other references. Again, we see that here uh, in Matthew 15, 36. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and, and gave them to his disciples and the disciples to the multitudes. So you can see that. The disciples and the multitudes. The disciples and the multitudes. Again, Matthew 23 verse 1. And Jesus spoke to the multitude and to his disciples. Now, these were the two categories of people who were found in the ministry of Jesus. I know there were other people, but these were the two major groups. If you follow the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, you see them every now and then. So, we want to look at who is a follower and who is a fan? A follower from the Miriam Webster Dictionary is one that follows the opinions or teachings of another. That's a follower. A follower is someone who follows the teachings, who follows the instructions, who follows the opinions, who follows the doctrines of another person. That is a follower. A follower follows the teachings, a follower follows the doctrines, a follower follows the opinions of another person. Number two, a follower is one who imitates another person. When you are a follower of a person, you imitate the person. If you are a follower of Christ, you imitate Christ. 
Just like we are told that we are to be followers of God as dear children. If you are a follower of God, you are expected to imitate or follow God. That's what we are told. The disciples of Jesus can be described as followers. If you look at their lives, if you look at, in fact, if you go through the Gospels and you follow the ministry of the disciple of Jesus and that of the disciples, you realize that the disciples were hardcore followers. And I pray that you will become a follower in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who is a fan on the other side? When we talk about a fan, a fan is an enthusiastic devotee. As of a sport or a performing art, usually of a, or a spectator. So a fan is a, a, an enthusiastic devotee or a spectator. For instance, if you go to the sports stadium, you can have 22 players on the field and then you can have several thousands of people in the stands. These are spectators. These are fans. They, at the end of the day, they cheer their uh, the players on onto victory. These are people who are there to entertain themselves and they are happy when they score. At the end of the day, they don't have any risk whatsoever. The 22 players on the field play stand greater risk of wounds, greater risk of all kinds. Unless they are hooligans, fans are largely safe on a, 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 in any sports event. So, sports, an enthusiastic devotee or usually a spectator that is a fan a fan is an ardent admirer or an enthusiast of a celebrity or a pursuit a fan is an ardent or ardent admirer or enthusiastic an enthusiast of a celebrity or a pursuit that is a fan now when we look at the ministry of jesus we realize that he came looking for followers and not fans. Jesus came looking for followers and not fans. But be as it may, in his ministry, he attracted a lot of fans. And I believe that not only in the earthly ministry of Jesus did he attract fans. In our modern day times, Jesus is still attracting a lot of fans. When we come into our church, there are fans. As a pastor, I know that in our church, there are fans. There are those who are fans and there are those who are followers. There are people who are in for Christ and there are those who are in for other things. They are just in to cheer us on. When things are fun, the fans are happy. When the team is winning, the fans are happy. When the team's team is losing, the fans may, may, may es express their displeasure or their anger. But when Jesus came, he did not come calling fans. He came calling followers. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Verse 19, and he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you. This is clear. I'm not sure it can be any clearer than this. Jesus came and he asked for people to follow him. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He wanted to make a certain category of people. But before he could make them, he demanded that they follow him. So he didn't come looking for fans. In fact, we look at Mark chapter 3 verse 13. He makes his instruction clear, very, very clear. Mark chapter 3 verse 13. And he go up onto a mountain and called unto him whom he would. And they came to him and he ordained twelve that they should be with him. 
he ordained 12 verse 14 that they should be with him that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So that was Jesus' mandate clearly spelled out. He wanted a group of people who were going to be with him, a group of people who were going to follow him, a group of people he could send on errands to run and share authority with. That was the kind of people Jesus wanted. That was the kind of group Jesus wanted. Those were the categories of people Jesus wanted. So we are told in the book of Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 that there was a time in the life of Jesus where the Bible said he got into a ship, he constrained the disciples. The word constrained, Matthew 14 verse 22 please. And straight away Jesus constrained the disciples to get into a ship. He constrained the disciples. The Greek word for the word constraint is to force somebody against their way. Jesus forced them against their way. Jesus pushed them against their way. He compelled the disciples to be in the ship while he sent the multitudes away. So he sent the multitudes away. He sent the multitudes away. The word constraint has to do with force, compel. And then the word sent away. He sent the multitudes away. Now, if you look at John chapter 6 verse 37, Jesus said, and of all that the Father, all that the Father had given me shall come to me, and he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. This is Jesus. He said, everyone the Father has given me will come to me, and everyone that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. But when we look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, that is not what Jesus seemed to be doing. In Matthew 14, 22, Jesus sent the multitudes away. He sent them away. And the Greek word out of which we are sent away, it means to free fully. He released them. It means to relieve people. It means to release them. It means to dismiss. It means to divorce. So literally, Jesus sat them. He sat the multitudes. He sat the fans. That is to establish the fact that Jesus really was interested in followers and not fans. And I believe that this era, this COVID-19, is actually revealing a lot about believers. If we look at the way believers are conducting ourselves in, our, in these times, all the things that are going on in our world today and how Christians, the posture of a lot of Christians now, it just lets you know those who are the fans and those who are the followers. And I'll be walking you through some characteristics of followers and characteristics of fans. In this service, I just want to touch on a few characteristics of fans. When I say someone is a fan, when I say are you a fan or you are a follower, what do I mean? We will see a few of such characteristics. And largely, like I told you, the multitudes were fans and the disciples were the real followers. And I pray that in your lifetime, you will be a disciple and not just a multitude. You will be a follower and not just a fan. Because like you come to see, much, everything Jesus had, he shared it with the disciples. The multitudes eventually were sent away. After coming around and going with him, they eventually, the best they could get was to be sent away. I pray that you will not be sent away. Characteristics of fans. Number one, fans like to be called, but they hate to be chosen. 
Fans like to be called, but they hate to be chosen. The Bible says many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. Fans like to be called. They like to identify. Fans like to be called. They like to be called Christians, but they are not willing to live the life of a Christian. The Bible said they profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Fans like to be called. They like to be called by a certain name, but they are not ready. You can marry a woman and she is just a fan-loving woman. She likes to be called Mrs., but the responsibilities of a wife, she's not ready to do it. You can have uh, somebody who works with you in your office, and he just likes the office environment. He just likes to enjoy the AC. But when you give him job, he's not ready to do it. There are those who love to be given certain positions, but when the assignment is given, they are not willing to do it. So everywhere we turn, we can find a lot of fans all around us. These are people who like to be called. They like to be called certain titles, but they are not ready to do the responsibilities of the titles. They like to be called. Fans like to be called, but they hate to be chosen. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12, 13 with me. Luke 6. Luke 6. And when it was day, he called unto him, take note, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. So you can see that we see that a lot of people followed him. The twelve disciples or the twelve apostles that we refer to, they were actually not twelve. Many people were called, but he could only choose the twelve. Praise God. Many people were called, but he could only choose. I don't know whether you are one of those God can choose. If God needs someone to reach out to someone and save a person, are you the one God can choose? If God needs somebody to plant a seed to advance the gospel, are you the one God can choose? Or you are just among the called. The called are the multitudes. The called are those who are large in numbers. The called are the crowd. But the chosen are usually very few. Jesus called them, but he chose to offer. I pray that in your lifetime, you will be a candidate to be chosen. These were people who distinguished themselves. It's not just anybody that can be chosen. Before Jesus chose them, he looked out for certain qualities, certain characteristics, and we'll come to look at them. So we see that these were people who are not just called, but they were chosen. They were chosen for a task. They were chosen for an assignment. They were chosen. And later on, when Jesus died, we realized that these guys discharge their ministries creditably. They fulfill their ministries without fail. And I pray that not only would you be called, but you will be chosen. Sometimes when we read many are called, few are chosen, we think that God just likes to choose few people. No, God wants to choose a lot of people, but not many people are ready to pay the price to be chosen. The Bible said in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. But if a man shall therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet, and prepared unto every good way. So for God to choose and use you, you have to set yourself apart. Come out from among them and be ye separate, and then you'll be chosen. Praise God. It's very important that we appreciate that. So, the fans are known, they like to be called, but they don't like to be chosen. Number two, fans like connection without commitment. You are a fan-loving Christian, 
you are a fan of Jesus. If you like to be connected with him, but you don't like to be committed to him. And there are many Christians in our times who like to be connected to the Lord. They don't want to be committed to him. They like to be connected to the church. They don't want to be committed to the church. They like to call it their church, but they are not committed. Their time is not committed. Their finances are not committed. And they are, they are just members in name. No, that is not the kind of person follower Jesus is looking for. He's looking for someone who is committed, not just connected. Fans like to be connected without commitment. You remember, Nicodemus was one of such men. He used to visit Jesus at night. He was not ready to commit to Jesus publicly because it is believed that he feared uh, his, the fellow uh, Sahindri. You know, he belonged to the Sahindri, the 72 uh, rabbis. He was part of those people. And he, he, could not, he was not ready to sacrifice his position and dignity. So for a long time, he operated from behind. He used to visit Jesus at night. Visit Jesus at night. And there are many people who are like that. They like to identify with Jesus at night. Publicly, in their workplace, they don't want people to see that they are committed to the Lord. In their home, they don't like people to see that they are committed to the Lord. So they, they want to identify without being committed. They like the connection, but they hate the commitment. Look at what the Bible says. Matthew 9, 36. And when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the fans, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The multitudes have no shepherd. And the reason why they didn't have a shepherd was because they were not committed anywhere. And there are a lot of Christians who are like that. When do you go to churches? Oh, as for me, I visit churches. Listen, that is an ungodly way to behave. You have to be committed somewhere. You cannot be visiting churches. God planted you somewhere. He said, I will choose a place among your people and I will put my name there and I will plant you there and you shall move no more. You need to be planted. If you must flourish in your work with God, if you must advance in your relationship with God, you need to be planted. You need a place where you can, you can call your home. This is my spiritual home. This is the church I attend. This is my pastor. You need that in your life. And there are people who are not committed anywhere because they are looking for a perfect church. The question I want to ask you is that, are you a perfect Christian? Are you a perfect being? We are always looking for things that we ourselves are not ready to offer. You are looking for an ideal situation. Meanwhile, your life is not ideal. You are looking for a perfect church, a church without problems. Listen, on this side of the world, you won't find it. There is no perfect church anywhere. Because the church is full of people who are saved. Saved people. Saved and sanctified people, not perfect and complete people. These are saved, growing, and maturing people. So in every church, you have people with problems. The church of Corinth had its own issue. There is no church in history. In Bible times, the churches that were there, they had problems. And in our modern days, there is no church without a problem. And listen, your ability to live in the church, stay with people in the church in spite of their weaknesses and their challenges is one of the surest signs that you are a growing Christian, that you are a maturing Christian. If you are maturing in your work with God, you'll be able to get along with people who are not necessarily like you. If everybody must be like you, if everybody must think like you, if everybody must flow like you before you can flow, something is wrong with you. It's very important. So, get committed somewhere. I know I'm talking to someone. 
get committed somewhere, stop roaming. How long will you continue to roam? Your spiritual life has not been steady because you are always finding problems. It's either a problem with the choir, it's a problem with the pastor, it's a problem with, listen, as for problems you find, if people are to count problems, you, the kind of problems people have with you, if they were to tell you, you may go and commit suicide. So it's not only you who has problems, people also have problems with you. But it takes maturity to let go of such things and move on with your life. So fans like the connection. Jesus said he saw the multitudes and they were scattered abroad because they were not committed anywhere. And when you are not committed anywhere, you'll be scattered abroad. They were not committed anywhere. They were not committed anywhere. Look at Matthew 16, verse 24, 25. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So, you see, when it comes to following the Lord, you will always be required. It is important you appreciate that when it comes to following the Lord, you will always be required to be committed. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You can't follow the Lord without being committed. You can't connect to Jesus without being connected. Jesus does not call you to a shallow relationship. He calls you into an intimate relationship. He said, if you are going to follow me, if you are going to come after me, if you are going to be my follower, there is, these are the clear laid down demands. You cannot say, oh, I will go to church, but I will not be a tighter. I will go to church, but I will not be involved in the work of the church. No, that's not part. You can't belong to a church and not be part of a church. You can't belong to a church and say, ah, for me, I'm not going to be committed financially. I'm not going to go. No, that's not, that's not how we join church. That's not how you become a part of the body of Christ. Everybody has a role. The Bible said, according to that which every joint supplies. So as long as you are a part of the body, you as a joint, you must be supplying something. And I pray that you will be able, you will supply the things God will have you supply in the mighty name of Jesus. In the book of John chapter 12 verse 26, he said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Let me close with number three. Fans like to consume without contributing. They like to consume without contributing. <laughs> and this, this is an interesting point because if you look at the multitudes and the way they were following Jesus all through their lives, all through, their, uh, all through the time, of, every time they came, they came to receive. The multitudes came to receive. If you are the type of Christian who only goes to church to receive, but you don't go to church to add anything, you are a fan, you are not a follower. You are a fan and not a follower. You don't contribute anything. When it's time for prayer, you go and collect prayer. When it's time for the word, you go and receive the word. When it's time for impartation, you go and receive. Every, everything that has to do with receiving, you are there. But when it has to do with giving, the day they are doing a harvest or giving an offering, that day you go to church. That is a wrong Christian. You are a fan. You are not a follower. A follower is not into just consume. A follower is into contribute. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 6 verse 9. 19. Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for they went out of him, virtue, and healed them all. The multitudes. Every time they came. And you see, when you are a fan, you always have problems. 
And I realized that in a church, in an organization, usually people who have problems are people who are not involved. When you are, your hands are busily engaged, usually you don't have time to. The people who criticize a lot, talk a lot in church are people who are not alive. They are not playing any role. And when you are not part of those on the field, you can see. That's why when you go to a sports stadium, the fans are the people who see the, the mistakes that the, 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 the athletes or the players usually commit. Because they are not in the field and they, they have all the time, they can look critically and see everything that is wrong. But if you are fully involved, you, you, can't even, you don't even have time to see it. Because you are, you are trying to... You are doing your best to go and score. So you are, not, you are not checking out who is wrong and who is correct at all. But when you are a multitude, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, the multitude always came with problems. They were the ones who were sick. They were the ones who were hungry. I mean, let's just read a few more. John chapter 6, verse 2 to 3. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. The multitudes followed him. But when he came to climbing the mountains, only the disciples went. Matthew 12, 15. And when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from things. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Every time. Look at, I've never told of Jesus healing any of the disciples. I've never told of Jesus. No, no, no. The disciples were healthy. Look at it. Matthew 15, 30, a great multitude came to him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them at Jesus' feet, and he healed them all. Who were the ones who were lame? Who were the ones who were maimed? Who were the ones who had uh, problems? The blind? All of these were the multitudes. The multitudes. The multitudes. The multitudes. Listen, I want to challenge you to change camp. Don't be a multitude. You live with your husband and you, are, you have the attitude and the behavior of the multitudes. You don't contribute anything. You spend and spend and spend and spend. And when the money is brought, you don't even manage it well. That is an attitude of a multitude. Change. Change. It's always difficult to hang around multitudes. Multitudes have such a, uh, such a disgusting attitude that it makes it very difficult to dwell with them. Look at... Uh, Matthew 19, 20. And great multitudes followed them, and he healed them all. Matthew 14, 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave to the disciples and the disciples to the multitudes. John chapter 6, verse 10 to 12, and I close. And Jesus said to them, make the people sit down. John 6, 10 to 12, the New King James Version. Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. A number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the five loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, and as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is left. Can you imagine? The multitudes were hungry. The multitudes were fed. And when they finished eating, none of them could think of gathering up the fragments. Imagine 25 or 20,000 people eat, and you are left with only 12 people to gather up the fragments. How difficult will it be? How can they do a good job? You see, the reason why you come to church and you have a lot of criticism to give, you have all kinds of negative things you see, is because some of the, the people who are doing the work are limited. 
imagine 12 people, 7, 20,000 people, 7, 1,000 people, 7, 2,000 people. Imagine what quality of work can 12 people do. But these guys ate. They are just eating. They are, they, they are, the food was on the ground all over. And it will not strike the enemy of the multitude to pick up some of those. These were food debris that they had put on the ground. And they were watching it and they were going. And there are many people who have such attitude in church. Tonight, my question is, are you a follower or you a fan? If you show any of these three characteristics I've talked about tonight, we'll continue next week. If you show any of them, if you are, you like to be called, but you don't like to be chosen, you are a fan. If you like to connect, and let me add, connect to collect, without commitment, you are a fan. Because some people just connect to collect. They are in for what they can collect. And then, number three, if you like to consume without contributing, you are a fan. If you are in a church, you go to the church, your child naming it is done, everything that concerns you, 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 call, you call your pastor's attention, but you don't give, you are not part of any service unit in the church, you don't contribute to the advancement of the church, you are just a fan and not a follower. And I pray that from tonight, you make a quality decision. That in this second half of the year, you are not going to be a fan. You are going to be a follower. You are going to be involved. You are going to be committed. You are going to be dedicated to the things of God. And as you do so, the Lord will greatly, richly bless your life. The Lord bless you for being part of the broadcast tonight. Maybe you have not even connected at all, let alone to be committed. And you want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to the Lord. Why don't you pray a simple prayer of faith with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I believe I'm not born again. I believe I'm a sinner and I call upon you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and making me your own. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer, I want you to send us a mail, send us a WhatsApp. Let us stay in touch with you and help you in your work with God. The Lord bless Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afraqua on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejekuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.